This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. If you watched football this past weekend, then you already know. If you are thinking, wait a minute, there wasn't football on TV this past weekend, then you don't know. It was the debut of the AAF, the Alliance of American Football. Loyal listeners will remember that last week's episode, we had Charlie Ebersol on the program. He is the co-founder and CEO of the league. Interestingly, uh, not choosing to call himself the commissioner, but he is the son of NBC broadcaster Dick Ebersol. The AAF, as it is called, or the Alliance, debuted, and it did pretty well on its first night in terms of ratings. The first game was on CBS on a Saturday night, and it rated an overnight 2.1, matching a big, glitzy, good NBA game that was on at the same time on ABC. So that was a very positive story. Now, the next day, there were AAF games on Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. Those did not do as well. But we want to get into it and hear whether the debut was a good one, whether fans are going to be flocking to this new pro football league. So we're going to bring on our friend, friend of the program, Yahoo Sports editor and writer, Frank Schwab. Hey, Frank. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for joining us. Uh, now, we did talk about this briefly on our, our live show on, on uh, Tuesday, but I want to get into it uh, uh, deeper. You know, I guess we can start by kind of your reaction, whether you thought the product was good, but I have all sorts of uh, granular questions that I look forward to hitting. But what was your uh, initial gut reaction when you watched on Saturday? You know, I thought it was good. It was, you know, if you go into it thinking, well, this is going to be NFL 2.0. You're already lost. Right. It's it's not going to happen that way. The the level of football is just not going to be there when you have castoffs and guys looking for second shots. But I do think that you know we heard often during the the lead up to the AAF that they were really concentrating on the football side of matters. They they learned from the XFL's mistake, which was, hey, we're going to have a great glossy production right. and the football is going to stink. That's what killed the, the XFL. And you know they, I think they learned from that. It's it was a it was still a very good production, but yet I, I thought the football was for the first week of a minor league. Basically, it was it was very passable. It was enjoyable. It was at least watchable. And you know I, I think that that was what I came away from. I I didn't view that as oh my goodness this, this football stinks. I was like okay this is this is fine. This is what I would expect from a league that is just starting out. It's uh, just starting out and not exactly trying to you know, poach the top talent from the NFL. It's, you know, basically your 33rd, 34th, 35th, you know, professional football teams. And for that, yeah, it was totally acceptable. Yeah. And Frank, you know, uh, last week on the program, Charlie was on and, and mentioned actually that when the XFL debuted in 2001, after week one, they surveyed people who had watched and, and asked them what their expectations had been. And something like 60% of people said that they thought that defend, defensive players were going to be able to bring on folding chairs and hit the offensive players. <laughs> I mean, they thought it was going to be wrestling. And so the AAF has tried to manage expectations. Uh, but I do think that the problem is even, you know, try, try as you might to manage expectations, a lot of people still, when they tune in, their first reaction is like, well, it's not as good as the NFL. And it's like, well, right. I mean, of course it's not. But, but I thought Charlie made a good point, and I'd be curious your take on this. His argument was all the other pro sports have multiple professional levels. And so why shouldn't there be another form of pro football than the NFL? Like, point being— well, yeah, it isn't going to be as good. The players aren't going to be as good. But so what? Does that mean that there's zero interest and no one should watch them? I mean, soccer has various other leagues in America besides MLS. There's the USL, and some of them have really devoted fans. So, so my take is not trying to convince people, oh, 
the, the talent on the field was better than you expected, but, well, it's still pro football, and even if they're not as good, if you love watching football, maybe you enjoy it. Right, and I, I don't think people should go to AAA baseball games and say, well, why isn't <laughs> a guy like Mike Trout out here? Right. Well, <laughs> it's a minor league, that's why. And I think something the AAF has done very well here, and, and, and this might help the expectations and help what we're talking about, is they're not trying to compete with the NFL. They're they're actually I think very open about basically wanting to be the G League of the NFL, the G League being the NBA's minor league, and I think that's very smart because when the USFL for people old enough to remember that they were poaching guys, you know, they right. Reggie White, Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, uh, Mike Rozier, they they were trying to get the top talent into the USFL and basically be a competitor. The XFL. I don't know talent-wise that they were trying to compete with the NFL, but they were very much uh, uh, an adversary. Let's put it that way. There was no uh, there was no synergy between the XFL and the NFL. They they were you know the XFL even now uh, with the XFL coming out next year, their attitude seems to be, hey, we're doing everything different than the NFL. We're the anti-NFL, and we're going to do it. well. Uh, okay, that that sets an expectation up that you're trying to be competitive with the the NFL, which is just never going to happen. There's there's always been room for a second professional football league. I mean, we look at the ratings that the NFL does all, all a second league would have to do is get 10% of that to be successful. I mean, we're not, nobody's trying to turn the AAF into one of the, the four major sports. It just needs to get enough to be a good, solid business. Basically when the sports calendar is kind of thin there, there's, unless you're a huge college basketball fan, there, there's not a whole lot going on right now. So there's, there's a niche there. There's an opportunity there. And I think the AAF has been very smart and not, not kind of putting itself out there as, Hey, we're trying to compete with the NFL or or coach talent from the NFL, because that sets up a different expectation when that happens. When you're, when you're signing Doug Flutie from Boston college or or Herschel Walker from Georgia, you're saying, Hey, we think we can get the top talent here and and basically be a competitor. And this, if you go in thinking you're going to beat the NFL, it's never going to happen. They're too established. It's too big of a deal people, fans out there are, it's just part of their tradition, part of their lives. They're not giving up being a Atlanta Falcons fan to be in Atlanta, you know, the AAF team down there. At the, I can't even remember the nickname right now, but this is not going to happen. That's not realistic. So I think AAF has been very smart that way. And I think that that sets the expectation to a reasonable level. And there's always going to be people tune in and say, oh, my goodness, this, this stinks. Why isn't this the NFL? But you, you, the rational fans, the reasonable fans, can you get a, uh, a good majority, a slice of that pie, and have them tune in every week to say, you know, maybe Garrett Gilbert isn't Cam Newton, but yeah. hey, maybe I'll see Garrett Gilbert get a shot in the NFL sometimes. So I want to watch him. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable, and that can happen for the league. Now, I still think that they need to refine somewhat uh, their brand, their narrative on what they want to be, because uh, you make the G League comparison, but uh, players are not allowed to leave the AAF during the season. So, you know, they can't exactly. And Charlie has claimed that a lot of NFL scouts have come to AAF preseason games. Now, if an NFL scout sees a player wants to, you know, pull him. As I understand it, these players sign and they commit to staying with the AF for the full season. Now, of course, as soon as it ends, they could go to the NFL. But in that regard, uh, even though, as you say, they say, well, we're partnered with the NFL, I don't think they are presenting themselves, the AAF, as a D-League, as a development league. And maybe that's good because, you know, you make the G-League comparison, what used to just be called the NBA DL, 
people go to those games, but not many. I mean, that's like, I guess, well, there's one happening nearby, and it's a Saturday, and it's $5 to get in. Now, AAF also keeping its ticket prices very low. So some 30,000 people were in San Antonio at that opening game, and the tickets are 15 to $20. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not the minor leagues because it, it doesn't exist specifically as an arm of the NFL. And I also think that they don't want it to be a D-league per se because they want to be a standalone league. But yeah, also not not competing with the NFL. That is, they're not overtly saying we only exist as a feeder to the NFL, though. Right. I, I do think not not yet, but I think that has to be the goal, right? Like I, that would be the best path to a long term success for the AAF is to basically become the, that for the developmental league for mm. the NFL. Because let's say you know they just let's say they were aligned that way right now. You're telling me that you know if the New York Giants said we want to take a look at Kyle Lalletta, their quarterback from Virginia, they drafted in the fourth round last year, and we're going to loan him out basically, like the, you know almost like the G League. We're going to loan him out to the you know the Arizona Hotshots. I think a lot of Giants fans would tune in at that point, yes. right? They're going to say, "Wow, Eli's thirty-seven. I want to see Kyle Lalletta. Can he be our guy?" I think you can get that market then, and the talent level gets better then as well. You're not just you're not just taking the castoffs. You're also able to at least have a couple guys to develop quarterbacks. It all we all know this. It all revolves yeah. around quarterbacks in football. Like so, if you're able to get some of these guys who, you know, I, I know Jake Heaps who was a former BYU quarterback, very, very high recruit. And uh, he said that a lot of his coaches with Seattle and his other NFL teams said, we wish there was a developmental league. We could send you there and get some reps there. There's not that availability right now. So if, if the AAF can, can be that and get reps for a guy like Kyle Oletta or Davis Webb, who was another Giants backup, or any number of young backups around the league who really aren't getting a lot of a, a lot of reps right now. You, you, you look around the league, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that could use a shot. They could use some experience and maybe open some eyes. If that happens, then I think that's a win for the AAF. And I think that ultimately, if they can align themselves, and already, like you know, like we've talked about, you've written about it, I've written about, it, you're seeing some synergy between the leagues. They share broad partners. The, the AAF is not trying to be an adversary of the NFL. So I think they're at least trying to, to say, hey, look at us. Look at us. We can be your, your developmental league. Whereas the XFL is never going to do that. The one that starts next year. I think that then that that becomes the goal. I would at least think so. That's your model for long-term success. Because if you get that NFL bump behind you, I think then you get more fans tuning in, you get more stability with the league. You have a goal in mind and the seasons, you made a great point about, you know, being on loan and not being able to leave the AAF during the season, but the AAF season ends April 27th and the NFL offseason program, for teams with a head coach coming back, doesn't even start until April fifteenth. There's not much of a there's not much of a gap there. So you would be able to play an entire AAF season. It's tough physically, but you'd be able to do that. Go back to your NFL team or get signed by an NFL team, and, and there's really no big deal there. So I just think it's it's set up really well. Now, whether the NFL wants to go into that partnership, whether the AAF wants that partnership, we'll see as the time evolves. But 
I think whereas the USFL, XFL failed, I think that the path for the AAF for long-term success to be here 10 years from now is eventually to be with the NFL and developing its players and getting that slice of, of fans who would want to tune in to see, again, a Kyle Lalletta get some reps. Right. Now, it's interesting. We're, we're both pointing out that the AAF has stressed, you know, we're working with the NFL. We're not trying to beat them. And I'm with you that whether they say so or not, if they eventually become the de facto feeder league, I mean, who knows what could happen? Maybe the NFL even acquires uh, AAF and just rebrands it as our, as our D league uh, or leaves it alone but owns it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if it's still around in three, four seasons. Uh, it has to prove itself out. But all that said, I do think that some of the other leagues that we've heard a lot about, because, God, we got to mention, AF is not the only one. You know, XFL is, is coming in 2020, and then Ricky Williams, uh, the running back, has been trying to launch his own football league. We'll see if that one happens. I think it's called, like, the Freedom League. Um, but I think the reason all of a sudden, maybe a year ago, we heard about a number of new pro football leagues at once was because many of them were trying to take advantage of a little bit of a, a, a tough two seasons the NFL had, where the optics were bad, they had the political controversy, there was domestic violence issues, ratings were down big for two seasons in a row. We know that this season NFL ratings bounced back. But my point being, I, I think the fact that the NFL kind of bounced back a little, maybe it hurts all of their cause, but I think uh, there were a lot of people out there who said, ooh, there's an opening right now to try and relaunch uh, some kind of pro football league that would compete with the NFL because there are people who are disillusioned with the NFL. Yeah, and I think that was the XFL. I think the XFL's again. I'm, I'm reading between between the lines of Vince McMahon and, and yes. his public comments and what he's. I think the XFL was thinking exactly what you talked about. That the NFL people are tuning it out, even though I think that narrative was always kind of trumped up, and not, no pun intended. The uh, you know I, I think that the XFL saw it as an opening of oh fans are disillusioned with the NFL. We can jump. I, I just I honestly do think the AAF is different. I, I I really think it's just a different tack they're taking. I don't think they're trying to necessarily bite into the NFL's apple. They're just trying to have their own little little corner of the sporting world, and, right. and there's there's room for that completely. I, it, it is interesting that you have all you know, all these leagues starting up, and let's just you go with the AAF and XFL. There's not enough talent to go around for two leagues. Yeah. There's barely enough to go around for one. That's the problem. So right. it's almost—it's funny. I've been sitting here. I'm one of these guys who, you know, I grew up during the USFL. I love the USFL. I'll, I'll still watch some of the old games around YouTube easily. And I, I always just thought there's a room for another league. Mm. This is going to happen at some point. The NFL is just too popular for there not to be a second spinoff pro football league. And then we get two at once, and they're uh, in, in a way they really might cannibalize each other. Just trying to get talent, and trying to get eyeballs, and trying to get you know on uh, various television networks. I think the AAF was smart to get into the marketplace first. I, I mean that's going to help a lot. But when the XFL comes in, and, and you know they're going to promote heavily because that's what Vince does, it'll be very interesting to see. I, I, I can't imagine. I can't even. It, it, possibly imagine two or even three professional football leagues other than the NFL surviving. I think it's going to have to be one, and the AAF has a little edge there, but it, it is interesting. I, I do think that, again, just the, the strategy involved, and what are we trying to be? Are we trying to yeah. be, hey, all these people who are mad at players kneeling are going to come watch us? That's ridiculous. That, that, that's, that's a dumb business model, and you've already lost. And I so, think that's what Vince McMahon was going for, is, you know, we're going to be the anti-NFL. Absolutely. If you look, if you look at the 
at some of the things he said and some of, uh, you know, just the way Vince is. I mean, Vince isn't a, hey, I'm going to be a minor league kind of guy. Right. I mean, that's right. just not who he is. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see how the XFL plays. It'll be interesting to see the AAF is still doing well in, in a year. So I, it's, it's all fascinating because again, it just boggles my mind that the NFL has this hold on us. And, and I write about it. I write about it every day. I, yesterday we posted like seven things on the NFL and they're probably all going to be among the top clickers on Yahoo.com, <laughs> even though the NFL doesn't play a game for another seven months. It's, it's just blows me away that nobody else is, is risen to kind of fill this gap we have between the Super Bowl and opening day in the NFL. And, you know, it, it's going to happen at some point. It's just who and what form does it take? And, and you know, it's, it's fascinating to me that this is going on right now. Yeah. And um, it, it's funny because when we talk about the XFL, which, you know, as of now, it's coming, baby. It's launching in 2020. What will the impact of AAF be? On XFL, you know, does does Vince McMahon look at AAF success and say, "Uh oh," or does he say, "Well, wait a minute, uh, rising tide lifts all boats." This is a good indicator for us. To me, all that will matter is can one of these upstart leagues get a big TV partner to show its games always on primetime? That is, you know, the first AAF game was on CBS on a Saturday night. Well, of course, it's going to kind of do at least reasonably well, even accidentally, because people are sitting at home Saturday night and they tune in to CBS and they go, "Oh, wait a minute, they're flipping through channels. Look, it's football." But the rest of the season, AF is on CBS Sports Network. No one has that. NFL Network, you know, people might think that there's nothing on NFL Network right now. And uh, and then also Bleacher Report, BR Live, streaming. So it's not going to be back on CBS until the end. So I think it's going to be, A, can XFL get a big TV contract right off the bat, or can AAF do well enough in its first season to shift its contract and get more of its games on big primetime? No, I think that's that. You're absolutely right about that. And we, uh, as you were talking about that, I remember the XFL back in 2001 and the Saturday Night Live fiasco they had on NBC, and they had they went to an overtime game, and and okay. Lo was basically waiting around to, <laughs> to go on air because because they had to delay it because this XFL game on primetime and NBC was still going on. Uh. So you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, TV matters so much, and we talked about this real quick yesterday on the live show where. You know, the production value seemed professional for the AAF, and I think that's a big deal. When you tune on, turn on something, and maybe it's just subconscious or whatever, when you t- turn it on and you're hearing professional announcers and it looks like NFL games with the graphics and a lot of that stuff, I think that makes a difference mentally where you're not watching something different, something weird, and, and you're reminded all the time that, oh, yeah, I'm watching XFL, I'm not watching NFL. So I right. think that, that that's key to... But yes, I, I think the television stuff absolutely positively matters with all this, and just and another thing I think matters hugely, and, and the AAF didn't do this, and I'm it, 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 I'm sure they tried. Is at some point you're going to need some star quarterbacks. I mean, and we just talked about that, but if they could have landed, if or if the XFL can land a Johnny Mansell or a Colin Kaepernick, or I know Tim Tebow turned down the AAF, but it's going to be very interesting to see. 
I think that that's a huge deal for them. You can have all the name coaches you want. You can have Trent Richardson, and that's awesome. You can have all these upstart players. But eventually you're going to need television, and you're going to need quarterbacks, and and that's what's going to grow your league. And I think that, yes, no question, those are two huge, huge pieces of this puzzle. Yeah, and Frank, speaking of television, uh, there was an element to the broadcast of showing how the sausage gets made. Uh, The players are mic'd, the coaches are mic'd, but then specifically you see one of the uh, referees reviewing whether a a touchdown should be a touchdown and really kind of waffling a little bit. Like she was at first she said, "Mm, the ground helps with the catch, so I don't think it's a catch. And then she went, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, and kind of backpedaled and watched again. No, no, it's a catch. You know, it's a catch. And I think a lot of people liked that. You know, I love, um, I'm a Patriots fan, and after the Super Bowl, I spent days just rewatching the the kind of in the locker room videos and mic'd up and Belichick mic'd up and Edelman mic'd up. I love that stuff. Tell me your reaction to that. And then also, even if it was popular in the first week, well, will people get a little sick of that? You know, does there become an element of hearing it too much? I don't think so. Maybe this is me personally talking because I'm with you. I love the mic'd up stuff. I love the peaks behind the curtains. And the NFL does a poor job at that right now. And because we just see a little tip of the iceberg with the NFL when we're talking about mic'd up. I remember watching Monday Night Football this year. Maybe it was Thursday night, but it was a primetime game. And they had, you know, their mic'd up segment. I think it was one of their quarterbacks was mic'd up. And it was basically the three clips of him yelling incoherently <laughs> after touchdowns. Like, oh, like, oh, that doesn't show us anything. And right. I don't know if people know this, but when we see the mic'd up stuff after the fact, when that, when those clips come out on Wednesday or Thursday or after the Super Bowl, they're all reviewed by the PR departments first. They're all edited down. They're not going to... The NFL won't let us see a lot of the things that the AAF was fine with us seeing guys calling plays or Steve Spurrier saying, hey, make sure he catches the, this time. I thought that was a great clip. And the the, ref, the, 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 the the review officiating clip that you mentioned, that was a fascinating, to me anyway, minute of, of television. Doesn't seem like it would be with just this woman sitting in a booth to, eh, did he catch it? Oh, yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, I was fascinated by the, the whole process because we never see that with the NFL. I think one of the things, look, Denver is a perfect product. They play once a week on Sunday, and they own a day of the week. We're so, you know, in tuned and 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 programmed to watch the NFL. They can't really screw that up. But the NFL has an issue with. They've become too closed off. They cut off all their personalities. Look, I cover the NFL every day, and I'm jealous of the NBA guys. They actually have personalities to cover. I, I got a right. bunch of guys who are programmed to be robots. <laughs> totally. And, and they they have this attitude about themselves that they're kind of another branch of the military, basically. That everything's a war secret. Every nothing can be, ever be revealed because, oh my goodness, how could we ever survive if anybody knew about what injury is going on or our play calls or anything? Like right, that. North well, Dallas 40, you know, sticking right. him full and of I it. Think that the, and stuff. I think that that's, that's bad for the NFL because we've, I want to see this stuff on the sidelines. I want, you know, yeah, maybe Christian Hackenberg is throwing out a swear word here and there, but you know what? That's football. And I liked it. I like yes. I like the openness of the AAF's broadcast. The XFL was great with this too, by the way. And I think that we need more of that. And I think of all the, when we look back at the leagues, we look back at the XFL and, and the at USFL and even back to the, the WFL and the AFL all the way back there. The the biggest impact of those leagues has always been the changes it causes the NFL to make. 
And it's the AAS biggest legacy throughout all this. If it fails in two years, but the biggest legacy is, hey, we have to do more, you know, open mics on guys, and we have to do, you know, replay a replay official up in the booth that, that's just taking over stuff. It whatever impacts the AAF has on the NFL, they're going to be real and they're going to be good, and they're going to be good for us fans who, you know, competition is good. Right now, the NFL has no competition, so yeah. it can be this closed off, navel gazing type of league. I think the AF can change it. I love the mic up stuff. I, I love the broadcast. Yeah, we talked about this a little yesterday that at times, technically, it wasn't so sound. That it seemed like guys were talking over each right. other and there's gaps in the audio. But that's, that, that was almost fine to me. It seemed a little more raw, a little more real, a little bit more like, I feel like I'm on the field a little bit, and we don't get a lot of that in the NFL. I agree with you. It, it felt intimate. Raw is a good word for it. And uh, look, for, for all the various sniping and some criticisms of this or that, I think our conversation in both of us, so, see eye to eye on this I think it boils down to uh, it's very simple do you want to watch some football in the next three months or do you want to not be able to watch any football on TV we're used to the Super Bowl happened we're done with football now all the way until you know September well now for the next three months if you want if you want to seek it out you can watch more football which is a pretty good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. look, the NFL just announced yesterday they're putting two hours of combine, uh, the NFL oh scouting combine on ABC. <laughs> like, I've been to the scouting combine probably 10 to 15 times. So scouting combine is a terrible, boring event. I'm, I'm just being <laughs> honest. There's nothing going on there. It's guys running around in shorts and stuff. But yet, we're so hungry for more football that we don't care. It's like, oh, wow, a quarterback is going to throw in shirts and shorts. Let's put that on ABC and I'll watch for two hours. It's it's amazing. And yes, again, there's, if you want to watch football, this is a terrible product. It's it's something that, you know, if, if you're one of these guys who fancies himself as like the amateur scout, you can go and say, oh, my goodness, Garrett Gilbert looked great, and I think he could be a good fit for my team, whoever it is, and and, and that's fun, and I, I do think that that's what gives the AAF at least a chance to be more than just this one to two hit, you know, week hit wonder that the XFL was and that the USFL was. Totally, totally, and we will keep monitoring it. Uh, maybe later in its season, we will have you back on to chat, although I think that I have a feeling the noise is loudest in the first weekend, and then we might not hear as much about it over the next few weeks, but we will watch. Yeah, absolutely. Again, history. You look at the, go back and look at the XFL's ratings. Their first week or two, it was. Right. It looked like, oh my goodness, the XFL's here and they're going to now. That didn't work right. out. And then goodbye. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Frank Schwab. Thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Okay, this was Yahoo Finance Sportsbook. We come out every Thursday morning. Remember, you can rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast platform. Please do. And we want to hear from you about the AAF. Are you watching? Do you care? Did you watch and think it was good or bad? You can tweet at us. You can email your comments. We want to hear from you. Check back in next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.